Craig Benzine, a.k.a. Wheezy Waiter, is a YouTuber, musician, and a man who has been cloned approximately 7,800 times. <laughs> Since 2007, Craig has produced over 1,500 videos, which have been viewed over 160 million times on his main channel. And in 2008, he launched Wheezy News, a more personal channel, which now boasts over 120,000 subscribers. You may also recognize Craig as a host on Crash Course or as the lead singer and rhythm guitarist of Driftless Pony Club, an indie rock band out of his hometown of Chicago, which started in 1999 and has released six albums. And he has wow, a Wikipedia he, page. Here right? all these numbers all, all at once. Jeez, I feel like I've been very busy. <laughs> which makes for a substantial it makes it a lot easier to put these little intros together because you have a wikipedia page uh, but more importantly a wikipedia sh uh, page actually shows the impact that you've had on the youtube platform so let's stop with all of these silly intro formalities and welcome to the podcast the one and only craig benzing hi there how are you i'm thank you for doing the the count of 7800 i didn't know that that's how many clones that i made it took about so. three months to go through all of your videos and count it <laughs> it's amazing that it ended up right at 7,800 on the nose. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I shouldn't, I won't make another one. And everybody who has watched your channel, they, they know all about your clones because that's sort of, it's one of the staples of your channel. You've really been good at kind of creating all of this stuff that surrounds your channel. And even your channel has changed over the years, but you still kind of keep, keep to a lot of these core um, things that you've created. How do you like today, how do you describe your channel to somebody who, who doesn't know anything about you or YouTube? Well, I, uh, I don't really see other people lately, so I, don't, <laughs> I haven't had to, I haven't had to describe my channel too much, but I think lately, I think the channel has taken a shift and it's much more about, um, self-improvement yeah. like, but with a, an absurd sort of comedy bend bent to it. So it's like, a lot of 30 day challenges and like productivity advice, but with ridiculous humor involved. I love that you keep all of that in there, even though you, you kind of pivoted a few years ago. And I want to get back to that here in a little bit. I um, will be, I think actually this year I, I'm making it a goal to kind of bring back a little bit of the uh, recurring joke sort of format combined with kind of the new stuff I'm doing kind of, I think I made a big shift and I focused really hard on, on just making each video kind of its own standalone thing. And now I'm, I might want to kind of bring it back a little bit to have like a more of like an overarching recurring elements to it, I guess. Let's rewind all the way back to 2007. You're a waiter, as far as I know, in mm -hmm. Chicago at the time. And, uh, and this is leading up to, I guess, the launch of your first YouTube channel. Uh, apparently Zafrank is somehow involved, but could you kind of take us back to that time and what was actually happening leading up to the, the creation of the channel? Well, so for several years, I had been kind of actually in the back of my mind thinking, what would it be like to make a movie each day <laughs> and just putting it on the internet? This was before YouTube. I just kind of thought about the idea as a, like a fun concept. And I had been making short, dumb videos my whole life with like my parents, starting with my parents' camcorder. And then with my friend, my bandmates, we would, we made some really absurd videos for there early on. But then I was just in Chicago pursuing the band thing for several years and it wasn't really going anywhere. And I just rem I remember specifically, it was Memorial Day. Uh, I woke up, I was almost late for work. I was 
I was out, I was out late partying a little bit too much the night before work. Woke up because I, I woke up at a friend's house. Actually, I slept on their couch. Things weren't great in my life. All right, so I was slept <laughs> on a friend's couch. I have a feeling there's a lot more to that story, but go ahead. <laughs> but and I remember waking up specifically to the the um, string from a curtain hitting the window, and I was like, I woke up and I'm like. I'm going to be late for work. If that wouldn't have happened, I, would, I wouldn't have made work. And then I went to work and it was the first shift I ever had that I had zero tables. I had no, no one came in. It was the, and wow. they told me to go home and not come back the next day. And I was worried about paying the bills. I was worried about uh, getting tips, getting money. And it was, I guess you could say that was my rock bottom. Uh, and I kind of, I kind of was like, all right, this is it. This is, I, I just stopped. I, I might as well try something crazy. Might as well try something nuts. And so for like a couple of days, I started watching Zay Frank videos, which you mentioned. He was a guy who was making videos every single weekday, probably before the term vlog existed. It was before, it was like right around when YouTube was starting, but he wasn't doing it on YouTube. And I think I was, it was actually, it had just ended. And I had, I found him like soon after it ended, like the year before. And I just started watching a bunch of his stuff. And I'm like, I can do this. <laughs> so, so then I just decided, I started writing down a lot of ideas, came up with the concept, the name Wheezy Waiter, cause I have asthma and I was a waiter uh, and just a bunch of ideas. It started out as like ideas that were like restaurant service oriented uh, combined with just whatever was on my mind and uh, just started making them and just felt like, I might as well, I can't, I, I feel like I can't, there's nothing to lose at this point. I might as well just make a fool of myself on the internet and uh, didn't stop. I mean, it, it wasn't like an overnight success or anything either. I just, I just started making them and the model I was following was a Frank, which was every weekday. So I, I, for like the first month I was making them every weekday and just forcing myself to come up with stuff every weekday. And then, and then it took about three years before it eventually, the story can get longer if, if you want, <laughs> but, but it took about... <laughs> Uh, well, you, uh, you were truly one of the pioneers in you created a format and you were, you know, one of the first to create this. It was a real fun style of editing that you kind of introduced. And I remember when I first found your videos, it was kind of mind blowing to me that you could crank out this kind of content on a daily basis that was so well edited and so funny. I don't, did you write scripts for all of that? Or was a lot of it just kind of on the fly? Uh, it was a combination. It's, it's always been kind of a combination of, sometimes it's very scripted, but often it's like uh, a little scripted. And then I, and then I shoot it and then edit and then shoot more and, and insert other things later because I just didn't like how I did it. So I'm like, do it, especially early on, I was doing it all kind of at the same time, writing, shooting, editing, like all at the same time. But lately, I think it's more, it is more scripted because it's the, I feel like the videos now have more specific purposes. There's, it's not, it's not really kind of nonsense. Someone's playing a, a, a my, my daughter is playing a recorder in the background. I don't know if you hear that. Are we going to get a copyright claim? Is it, is it a <laughs> song that's being played? You might, because that, it's going to be a hit, what she's playing, so. It's interesting that you say uh, you watched uh, Zay Frank's videos and you're like, hey, I could do this because um, I don't even remember how many years ago I saw your videos and I was like, hey, I, I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> and it really yeah. was, um, I mean, I, I often credit you with like the reason why I edit the way I edit was 
seeing that and, and just wanting to replicate it and learn how to do it. So I basically took your stuff and that's what I used as a template to learn how to edit. And I just went from there in iMovie. What did you start with and how did you like just trial and error and just like, uh, well, I, I, I did come a little prepared. I had, I went to school, uh, UW Madison radio, television, film, and I had an editing class there and I learned and I had a job editing on final cut for a while in Madison. And so I was pretty, I was pretty comfortable with final cut at that point. So I started with final cut, but I had a, I didn't, I I don't, did I borrow a camera? No, I had, I had a crappy little, um, it used high V. What is it? High V high, high eight, high eight. Yeah. Oh, right. right. Uh, High V is a grocery store. High (laughs) high eight (laughs) tape. And it was just like a really crappy camera. And I didn't, um, I think I just, I just, some, something clicked after that, that day of that bad day at work that was just like, I don't care what, how good this is. I'm just going to use what I have and just like do it as quickly as I can. And you'll notice if you watch the first videos, I set the camera up in the most convenient place, which was on my desk next to the computer. Didn't care about how there were bright windows right behind me, like, like overexposing everything. Just didn't care. I was like, I'm just going to get this video together and put it up. And uh, it, it just used what I had. I didn't even have a tripod. I had I had to set it on something on my desk. It took it took like I made a video I think a few months in about getting a tripod. Like, I finally have a tripod, uh, which <laughs> I, I, I was borrowing from a friend. That's how how broke I was. I was borrowing a tripod from a friend, and then my camera broke. And then I borrowed a camera from a friend for a while. And it was just it was just like a struggle, just like just use what I have and put it up there. About what point did you figure out that you were actually making a living off of YouTube? <laughs> That was three years later. That was a uh, hundred videos later. That was um, end of January. I remember because it was like right around the exact same time that um, Obama. No, no, that's not that's not right. Yeah, it was three years later. I started making a living doing it, but it was about it was a hundred videos later. About one year later, where I actually started finding an audience for for the first hundred videos, I had thirty two subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, uh, and then. I found, I finally started getting an audience, which slowly built up over a year or two until it became a living. So it's, I'm, I'm making this very complicated, sorry. <laughs> but but um, around 2000, middle of 2009, I was, I had a job at a web development company. I got a job because of my videos. I had a friend who worked at a, at a company make, making websites for local companies around Chicago who, his boss was like, we need a video guy. And he's like, Hey, I have this friend of mine who makes videos. So I got a job because I was making videos. I thought that would be my future. I'm like, cool. I'm working at this office. And then I discovered I hated office life. <laughs> and, uh, I kept making the videos. I was getting up early, super early and making them in the morning before going to work. And eventually I got to around 70,000 subscribers. And that's when I quit my job. I was making about the same amount of money. I was making, waiting tables. When I got to that point, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to quit my job and see what happens. And since then it's gotten, it's only gotten better. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And I I, want to tell you right now that I stole one of your ideas last year. So you, a few years ago, I don't know how long it's been now (laughs) when you, you proposed to your wife, China, and you made a video where I, it blew me away where your proposal was 
was to her in the titles of your videos, like the first <laughs> letter or the first, was it the first letter or yeah. the first word of each video for the first? Past? Uh, well, the first letter of each uh, title, but right. then at the beginning of each video, I said the, the word. That was amazing. I mean, the, the letter, I said the letter. I was like, cause like, it's like, China, will you marry me? So like the first letter is C. I don't remember the name of the title of that video, but the title started with C. And then the beginning, my first thing I said was C. Yeah. C something, something. <laughs> I don't know. That was yeah. just, it was mind boggling. You yeah. had yeah. put all that. I love the idea of something, <laughs> you know, like a message being in plain sight and nobody knowing about it. And I, <laughs> I, I stole that and I did that in my Halloween video this, this past year is I, I had the older videos. I was, it was just the first letter of each, the title and it just spelled out a thing. But yeah. I, I just, I have you to thank for that. And look at you, now. <laughs> you, you've got married and you've got a little one running around and now you've got a new and dog. She's, and she's on her way to a recording, uh, a hit recording, recorder, recording <laughs> album. Yeah. <laughs> How has content and, uh, and your workflow changed now that you do have a child in the mix? Um, it's, it's, it has, I feel like it's hard to, it's all mixed together with pandemic life as well. So right. <laughs> things are, are different in a lot of ways, but I feel like the, the type of video, the type of, stuff I make now requires a lot more planning, a lot more um, writing, script writing. And um, I feel like it's all, it's all, everything's different. It, 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 so it's hard, it's hard to know if it's because of having a daughter or not, but, but we, we bought, we also bought a house in the past couple of years, a year ago, I guess, a year ago. And time has no meaning at this point. And so now I have an office in the basement. So basically I, I wake up, I play with my daughter for an hour, I go down to the, I say, I have to go to work and I go down to the basement, but then I tend to get distracted throughout the day. <laughs> like I'll hear something going on upstairs and I'll go back upstairs. We're all trapped inside all day for the past year. It's, I feel like it's manageable because I'm making less videos mm -hmm. um, and they require more planning, but it's also like, I miss the days of making a video every, every day and not caring really how it turned out. I come up with a concept in the morning, I just work on the video and whatever it becomes, it becomes and it's done. And that was, there was a lot of fun involved with that. That is that there's more stress involved when I'm working on one video for like two weeks where I'm like, this video has to be good. This part has to be good. This part has to be good. This has to make sense. This, this, this whole video is an argument about something or, or something useful that I'm trying to convey. And I'm trying to do it the best I can all the time. There's more stress involved with that. Mm -hmm. um, rather than the silly, absurd humor. Uh, but also those, video, these, those videos uh, do better and I feel right. more creatively satisfied with them. So, so it's like a balance of, uh, this is a roundabout answer about everything, I guess. But uh, it, it's, it's a balance of like managing my stress and my worry and also uh, allotting time to turn that off and play with my daughter. So I, it, I, I'm always working on figuring out the best way to do that. Did you have a point where you decided that you, or do you actually remember a single moment where you decided, you know, I just, I want to stop doing this daily thing and I want to focus on these new videos that I guess appeal to a much larger audience is really what they are. Yeah. I think, I think early on the first, uh, the, so, oh my gosh, my dog is barking. Uh, sorry guys. Um, are, is this going to be edited? <laughs> <laughs> it's just all wrong. No. Man. 
Okay. Well, uh, yeah, there, there's going to be a dog barking behind. Uh, yeah. So like, I think Wheezy Waiter was the, it's two eras, I guess you could say now. It's right. like the absurdist era and the, <laughs> I like the, that. The meaning, the meaningful era. I don't know what you would call it, but uh, uh, the absurdist era Wheezy Waiter, I think it was most fun and most successful in the first like three years. Maybe. Right. Or, or, well, not the first three years of me making videos, first three years of me doing it full time. So I guess you'd say the first six years. I don't know. It was kind of new and novel idea to have that kind of entertainment in the world, I guess. And so it was exciting to see what weird thing I was going to come up with the next day, I suppose. But after a while, I feel like it started to peak and then start to slowly peter off and also kind of became less fun. I guess mm. it was just less, less novel. You can, I can only, I guess I can only do meaningless things so long before it feels like it's meaningless. <laughs> um, and so I, I would say after, after around 2013, 2014, there were a few years where I was, I was already kind of thinking I got to change this, but I just didn't know what to do. So I was still mm -hmm. doing the same thing. And then I tried Casey Neistat stat style for a little while, uh, which I, I still like that style. And I think is in some ways it's fun but his style is basically like a, a kind of a documentary about yourself, like taking your camera everywhere you go and going on adventures and kind of just editing it all together in a very cohesive music driven style. It very quickly became like, I don't know where the video making ends and my life begins. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of get that impression about your videos is that they've changed along with kind of your lifestyle changes have been incorporated into your channel yeah. changes. And I, I sense this like overarching lifestyle that's kind of you've been focused on yourself for the last few years. I remember running with you down in Palm Springs and kind of talking about this thing. And it's yeah. interesting for me to see all of those things happening. And then the way you document that is appeals to a lot of people. I think you started out with your, you went out with without sugar for yeah. 30 days. And yeah. So like after the Casey Neistat style, which became to me felt started feeling empty also because that was you kind of trying to invent things to do because you have to make a video, which it really wears on you pretty, pretty hard. Uh, but so then after that, now I'm, now I've decided I had, I also had this idea brewing in the back of my mind for a while that I wanted to try things for 30 days, like try and, and not make a video each day about it, but just do it and then make the video and not have to make a video every day. So I just decided to, the first one I did was, I took, I said, I told the audience I was going to take a month off and which is the first time I've ever done that. And I, and I was, I was kind of nervous about it. I think I always had this worry that I had to keep making things or everyone was going to go away. I don't have that worry at all anymore, but uh, at that time I did. And I spent a month making, why do people like haul videos? And I made a little documentary, oh, right. which was also yeah. kind of inspired by um, comment etiquette. You know, that channel. Yeah, Eric, uh, yeah. Uh, internet comic, uh, comment etiquette. Oh yeah, inter yeah, yeah, that one. Well, I was kind of taking that style, like watching haul videos and kind of commenting on them, making absurd jokes. That did okay, it did better than what I was working on lately at the time, and I enjoyed it. I had a good time working on one thing for a while rather than trying to put something out as quickly as possible. And then the next one uh, worked beyond my wildest dreams. It was, yeah. it was the... the quitting sugar for a month. 
I had a great thumbnail of you and China on there. <laughs> yeah, I actually decided to put time into the thumbnail for the first time ever too. So, <laughs> uh, and and put more time into how to title things, and it made the front page of Reddit and is now over ten million views. Amazing. It's m- by far my most successful thing I've ever done. Um, so you were you were leading you were leading up to that video with videos that were getting around 50 40 50,000 views and then you have I think I wrote it down September 7th 2018 you released that video it now has 10 million views how quickly did so I saw it I, I remember seeing it trending did it trend because it was front page of Reddit or did it get onto Reddit because of uh trending on YouTube do you know uh it's a little mixture I think um it it was initially doing better than the stuff I had been doing at the time but not crazy, like right. not like amazing. I think so like 2012, 2011, I was kind of averaging 120,000 views of video and I was making them like every weekday, which was like the peak of Wheezy Waiter before that. This was kind of getting back to that level. Like it was like, that's kind of where I saw it going. And then it made the front page of Reddit. And then it shot, started shooting up quite a bit. And then it started, and then YouTube started pumping it out and recommended a lot more. And then it just it just increased more and more and more and more, and just hasn't stopped. Well, it's probably stopped a little now, but but uh, it, it over over a couple of years, yeah, it just kept going. And then I'm like, well, I think I found a new format that's gonna work. Do you remember um, what the follow? Do you remember what the follow up video? Were you um, kind of nervous about like the number two idea needs to come out, be different, kind of be the same? Like you, there's a lot yeah. of stress once you kind of hit that. The next video, I mean, I had uh, I had ideas already before this shot up that I was planning on kind of doing this thing anyway, but yeah, I suddenly felt like, Oh, this, I got to really capitalize on this. I should make sure that this next one is good. And, but the next one was why do people like exercise, right. which was, I interviewed the vlog brothers and, uh, and, uh, Oh shoot. What's her name? Shall I remember her last name. She's a, she does CrossFit. She does a lot of exercise on, Oh man, don't, don't tell her. I forgot her first name. Uh, <laughs> I interviewed them about exercise and it was sort of about um, not, not necessarily why do people exercise, but why do you like it? Why, like, why, why is there joy out of this? And so then I found another sort of format, which is the why do people like series, which I also was kind of already planning. It seems like looking back, it was like, I found something that worked. And so I just continued doing it. I was planning on doing it anyway, but I had no idea that the sugar video was going to do so well. Then I, I still kind of sprinkled in a few like older style Wheezy videos in there after that. And they always don't do that well. Like they're yeah. just, people don't care. But you <laughs> just, got a, you uh, have a core audience though with those. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, there are people out there that love it and I, I enjoy doing them. I mm-hmm. Less now because I've done them so much, but I would sprinkle those in. And then, and then after a few months I did, we did um, no internet for a month also yeah. did really well. And then, and then the one, the one after that that did even better was the vegan for a month. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You probably didn't get any controversy in the comments on that, did you? <laughs> yeah, I think I've said this, that the vegan one is like the the most contentious comment section I've ever had. Oh, well, you bet. Second to uh, the one that I that Hillary Clinton was in, but uh, uh, which was a few years before. Yeah. But yeah, the vegan one was was pretty... A lot of angry comments from both sides because I kind of rode the middle of, of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I respect veganism and I understand it, but I myself at the end basically concluded that I'm not going to continue being vegan. So 
I think you have a great tact. You approach all of those really with, in a good way. And I like the positive uh, framing of all of these. Why do people like something? I think it's refreshing and it's nice to see that. Yeah, I mean, I think you can, depending on your point of view, you can read those titles as like, why do people like this? <laughs> you know. uh, wrong with these people uh, <laughs> i come up with ideas about why do people like and then sometimes i'm like i don't know if i want to do that because well for one sometimes just obvious why people like something and it's just not interesting it's really it's really i did, I, I base it on how interesting it'll be if if i say like why do people like movies well it's too broad and it's kind of i don't know it doesn't lead to an interesting conversation as much to me as like i just came up with one that i'm going to do this year, why do people like gory horror movies? Oh, that's me. You got to talk to me. That is my life. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. definitely. You I saw your gory. Okay. I saw your twenty-five Christmas movie one. I love that mm -hmm. because we were doing the same thing. We were doing a Christmas movie binge, and some of them are just hideous. Some of them are just yeah. so so bad, and some of them are really good. <laughs> and then, like last year, we did the we did this marathon where we wanted to watch, and this is right when Disney Plus came out. We wanted to watch every single animated feature film that Disney ever produced in order from the very beginning. And it, we made it through that whole challenge. And it was surprising yeah. how I don't remember those movies the way I thought I did. <laughs> watching, like, oh, yeah. some of these aren't as good as I thought. And there were some surprises. You had, too. Did you have a favorite? Like a Yeah, I mean, there was a couple that really surprised me because I hadn't seen all of them. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame really surprised me or Notre Dame. Uh, okay. It was a really good movie, and it was uh, I was not expecting that at all. I thought that was like, you know, second-tier Disney movie. Yeah, other, I barely other, remember it. Yeah, and other films like uh, like Bambi, I remember it being so much better. And then I watched it, I'm like, oh, it really isn't that good. It's kind of boring. <laughs> and some Snow White, I thought was just yeah. really kind of just clunky. So it was... It was uh, we've been, my daughter has watched Cinderella several times recently and that is that's a strange movie spend, it is they spend is. uh like the first half hour at least it's just a cat the cat and, and mice <laughs> yeah it's like the majority of the movie is the cat and mice and then barely yeah. cinderella barely says anything the prince i think maybe says says like two words the whole movie <laughs> Like, just the, the just whole thing weird. hinging on finding her slipper is kind of ridiculous. Finding the person that fits this. Yeah. First, there could be lots of people that, that could fit. Second, why couldn't she have produced like the other matching one or something? I don't know. And, or also, why not just look at the people and recognize her? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we've, we've got to talk about the gory horror films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I have a friend who loves, who just loves just visceral gore itself. Yeah. Like it. I don't, I don't really, I'm not even that big into horror movies, uh, but I like good movies. I like a good story, whether it's horror or not. I don't really care that much about the gore itself. Sometimes I don't want to see the gore, Yeah. Uh, but I know people like you exist who love it. And I want to, and I want to, I want to know why. <laughs> you know? Is that a, is that a hatchet? Yeah, I got my, that's my <laughs> Fangoria magazine signed by Tom Savini, who did the special effects. He's a master special effects guy. I, the magazine I bought originally in 1984, I had like a subscription to it. I, I still do have a subscription to that. And that's the Jason yeah. Machete going through it. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I'm glad we're, we're, we've, I brought this up because I'm probably going to have to interview you. 
anyways. Uh, yeah. Anyways, you... we were talking about me, my favorite topic. Let's get back yeah. to Craig. Let's get back to you. Actually, that, that's an, another idea I have is sort of, you mentioned earlier and I mentioned earlier about how like the stuff I'm working on now is very much about me and improving my life. It's a very, very me centric. It's very mm-hmm. kind of, it's, it's kind of egotistical. It's kind of self-centered. You could, you could say uh, if you wanted to be negative about it, but uh, I, I came up with an idea for this year, which is I, and China is going to join me, my wife, China, that uh, something like where I posted only praise and compliments for a month or something like that. So mm-hmm. every day we have to like compliment or praise someone else online probably make a make some rules like it has to be like five times a day or something like that as a way of sort of doing something that isn't about me but it is also about me it's like it's about how how, how good i am look how good i am from phrasing everybody but but sort of more outward looking that rather than inward looking you know, you know? what you're going to find because I, I like to do that is post comments on videos that i watch that aren't related to woodworking or anything that i do but just because i'm interested in the subject so i'll, I'll post a comment what's interesting is that People will reply to those like years later, you'll get a reply yeah. and I'm like, well, I, for, I totally forgot I even made that comment. And then you'll get people, the, the most of the people will say like, wow, I didn't know you watched this channel too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll probably happen. But it, it'll be cool to see like if it leads to other, you know, like I'm, I'm anticipating like I'm going to tweet, I'm going to tweet out things like check out this channel because it's so good, blah, blah, blah. And maybe like that'll, that'll could lead to good things for me too, you know? Sort Every of like time it. I've reached out with a positive comment like that, especially when you do it from a, a, a YouTube channel, which kind of has like a following or whatnot. So therefore it kind of like uh, gets noticed a little bit more. I find every single time I've reached out with like, hey, this was really good. The response has always been enormously positive. And I'm always left being like, why don't I leave more good comments? <laughs> just yeah. because I, like, it's not that I leave bad comments. It's just that I don't, I don't like, I just, yeah. You know, come get the content and move on and don't yeah, leave I mean, anything don't sign the guest book as it were yeah like a, a in a, ideally like this video will encourage people to just be nicer and more compliment complimentary to each other for their own selfish reasons but it's still good <laughs> you know so it's it's taken you however many years to get to this point where you're clearly opening up a little bit more with your content you're being more personal with your content which my wife at least does. Um, it, it's nice. It's, it's so much more than just coming for the content. There's a person behind it and, and that's wonderful. That's very relatable and people love it. However, there's certainly a dark side to that. And there's also like oversharing or like what um, is the, what's the line with you and how good are you at not oversharing like really personal stuff? Well, I think one, I'm very fortunate that I, I have a very, loving wife and I don't have a lot to hide really. And life has been pretty good the past several years uh, other than the, the global situation. But I do try to make sure that everything I'm doing isn't just about my life for sharing my life's sake. I'm always trying to tie it to something useful and, and universal, something that, that everyone can share. And like quitting sugar for a month is obviously about my personal health, but I'm, I'm really, I'm when I'm editing it, when I'm putting it, when we're talking about it, I'm really thinking about it in terms of how others, what others can get out of it. What would be beneficial about quitting sugar? Or I'm also just trying to be as honest as possible about that specific thing, about not necessarily about anything really deep and personal with me, but like, I'm always being like at the end of that video, uh, I'm not trying to play up 
the the effect of it. I'm not saying this changed my life. This is amazing. It's always a temptation to be to really emphasize things that aren't that that big a deal in real life. And so at the end, we're always like, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty good. Sometimes it is life changing, and when it is, then it's people are going to believe us because we're being honest all the time. What was the most surprising one? Probably intermittent fasting. Mm. Um, for me, China didn't do that, but um, I think so. Like intermittent fasting, I knew it was going to probably be helpful, but I didn't realize how helpful. Like, I, and and how it wasn't that hard, really. Like once I started doing it, um, I lost several pounds. I felt good, and I continued doing. I still like naturally do it some somewhat because I don't, yeah. I don't have to think about it. Uh, that one was incredible. Journaling was awesome. I, I don't do it. I don't still do it. I wish I would. I, well, I'm starting a new one, bullet journaling. I'm going to do that. That might be one of my next videos. It's a separate kind of journaling, but that's more about scheduling and tasks and making sure I get things done. But I was, I just did journaling, just writing my random thoughts at the end of every day and was surprising how good that felt. It was surprising how I get help. I think it helped me sleep better because I, I always struggle with sleep. I'm disappointed in myself. I haven't kept up with it, but yeah, that, that one's really good. Coloring didn't really do anything for us. <laughs> we did, <laughs> yeah. we did adult coloring books for yeah. a month. China and I didn't really do anything, but we had two other people is Harris and Johnny Harris who it did seem to help a lot. So, but uh, that one was, yeah. And we were very honest about it. We're just like, yeah. I, don't I think know. that's what appeals to me about those videos is that they're inspirational, even though you may not stick with the, the topic. At the end of the at the end of that video, you've described the process, and you're going to reach a lot of people who are inspired by that, who want to take it on, especially with the fitness goals and the eating goals. I mean, for me, it was a huge lifestyle change. What seven eight years ago, when I decided to like get healthy and three things, better nutrition, exercise, and I quit drinking. And those were the three biggest things that I think had more of an impact on, can, can have more of an impact on a person's life than anything else. Yeah, I agree. And uh, we did, I did no alcohol twice now, yep. two, two different videos. And it's always good. It's also surprising for me, it's not going to be this way for everybody, but for me, it was surprising how easy it was. It wasn't that hard to, to quit alcohol. Although I've, I've since the, because of the holidays, I've gotten a little bit back to it, but, but, uh, and being trapped inside in the winter, like I get bored, I'll have a few drinks, but I, I'm going to, I can, I plan to continue to go back to no, no alcohol months over and over. If I, if I see myself, if it's becoming too much of a problem. Um, and that's how, yeah, that's definitely helpful. Veganism, uh, as an example of being honest, like that one was like, at the end, I, I was struggling with how do I, how do I conclude this? Cause I, I'm already, I'm already eating meat again. And, and, uh, I, but I do like, I do think it's a good, it could be a good choice for somebody. So I just basically said, sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm eating meat. Yeah. Um, and I think that is partly why it led to so many negative comments. Did you discover minimalism on YouTube or did you know about minimalism outside of YouTube? China actually got into minimalism before I did. She, she kind of discovered it and, and then we just got into it a little bit more. Uh, I, I also kind of realized I was already a minimalist before knowing what it was. Isn't it and interesting I, how like once the term comes out, you're like, yeah, that that's me already. I can, <laughs> yeah. I can improve upon it. And I, I thought, oh yeah. I don't know if it I was, was not first video on it when you uh, did like one day and you did the whole decluttering and then the next day you guys forced yourself to do it again. You're like, we got rid of a whole bunch more stuff. Yeah. We, we got, got rid of way more. Day. 
Yeah. yeah, we had way more stuff that we didn't need than we thought. Like it was two car loads that we ended up, and then some, I think, ended up giving away. And, but I realized like I was already minimalist in that, like I never, I've never really been that sentimental about things. I did have some old things around that I ended up convincing myself pretty easily to get rid of. But, uh, and I don't acquire a lot of stuff. I never, I never liked shopping. I don't, I've worn, I wear old clothes until China makes me buy new clothes. But minimalist in the sense that I just didn't care about buying things. I wasn't necessarily minimalist in style or right. interior decorating or design or anything. Um, you just didn't keep much stuff. And yeah, you, I just you were you were a, a, a mindful shopper, like an intuitive, yeah. like not intuitive, but like an intentional shopper. Like you just bought yes. what you needed and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like I, and and I don't know if it was born out of any sort of philosophy that I shouldn't consume. It was just like I don't like buying things. I don't like shopping. <laughs> um, <laughs> But now I'm more intentional about being minimalist as well. Like I try to make sure that I, that I don't have things that I don't need. You think um, about every single thing that comes in your house from like somebody who hands you a card or like, like the smallest piece of paper, a piece of mail, it's all comes in and it fills yeah. and it fills and it fills and it yeah. fills. Yeah. And lately so many boxes, so many boxes that we oh, have to break yeah. down and uh, put in the recycling because we, everything we buy is, is being, being delivered to us yeah. yeah being delivered now and amazon um, delivers boxes of diapers inside boxes so you get a box yeah. of a box of diapers <laughs> when i order yeah, diapers but, off of amazon but also a few years ago it was easier to be minimalist for us because we lived in small apartments in chicago at different times we, we moved a bunch so every time we moved we would get rid of stuff now we have a house and it's become more challenging we're acquiring more things because like well we have the space like you know now we have to be more intentional about being minimalist than we were before. I almost feel like there needs to be a, a new word rather than minimalist because it's not yeah. necessarily living with minimal amounts of things. It, it, it sort of implies a quantitative, you know, amount or it yeah. really has more to do with intention, I think. And it scares yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. It does scare people because a lot of people look at that Marie Kondo approach and it's like, well, what if I like something? And they don't understand when they're holding and touching something and being like, is this something that brings me joy? That like is an on or off question about the nuance of something which has meaning or thought or sentimental value. And we've produced a bunch of videos on minimalism. We find uh, quite like your veganism point where it's like, it, it, it touches people in a certain way where people just hate the thought of like, yeah, you're the type of people who encourage people to throw away their photographs and throw away all of their memories. You know, you yeah. can't tell people. And it's like, no, we're just trying to tell them that this unnecessarily holds space in their life physically when it doesn't need to. But it's just it's a it's a scary topic because people are thinking about throwing away their kids toys or the drawings. And that really, really. Affects yeah. people. It can be hard. I remember throwing away. Well, we didn't throw them away. We donated the toys, you know, my son's toys when they were little. And each one of those toys, you know, I remember him playing with and playing with him with those toys. You know, we just got rid of everything. And now, you know, we don't miss it. It's not the kind of thing that you're going to probably regret. It's just only at the time. It's just those memories. The memories are still there. Yeah. Like, yeah, everything that we've gotten rid of, I don't have, don't regret no. any of it. Marie Kondo um, has a, a great advice for if something brings such... Those memories, just take pictures of them, you know. And just, we live in a digital world. You can, uh, yeah, every photograph, every important document or whatnot. I live. I had this box of like high school mementos and things that I kept in my locker and stuff. And I just got rid of that. 
a few years ago. And I just thought, why do I need this? What is this yeah. really bringing to my life? The only time I see it is if I go up into the attic and I'm looking for something else and I come across that box, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember there's that yearbook or whatever. And, and yeah. it's not like it was taking up a lot of space. It was just like, I don't need that extra clutter in my head. Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it. I, like, or having things around that are like failed projects or projects that you stopped working yeah. on. And it's a constant before. reminder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try to get rid of all that stuff. But looking around now, I need I need another cleaning of this this office. This office has become has become my uh, uh, exercise room as well. Yeah. So so, it, so you need as much space as possible. When's the last time <laughs> do you go through and just do like large waves of declutters? Like you just like okay, today's the day we're going to go through and just. Uh, China does that more often than I do. I I'm, well, especially late. I'm just busy with videos a lot of time, but. Uh, I tend to just see an area and be like, well, that area is really bothering me right now. I'm just going to clean it up. I'm more like on the go, as I go kind of, I'm also very, I'm always, it's a constant uh, making sure my desk is clear and my, and my desktop on my computer. I have nothing on my desktop right now. So you're I like organize. a visual clutter person. You like is clean. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Especially I like to have organized files because it helps me. Like I've, I've started, I've come to realize that editing video is basically just fancy organizing. It's just, <laughs> everything is organizing. And if I can organize every step of the way, even before, like how the files are organized and everything, like it, it helps with the editing. How, um, how about your, uh, your, your relationship with the internet or your cell phone or whatever, you know, whatever that is <laughs> social media. Yeah. Let's say. yeah. Cause we did, we did no internet for a month and then, um, in September, we did, it was three things. It was no alcohol, no sugar, and no social media. My internet relationship is much better now. I don't, I don't go, I'm not nearly as addicted to social media or mainly Twitter for me. Twitter was your thing, um, right? Yeah. Uh, I still go to it, especially recent news. I've been, I've been, I've been checking it a lot the past couple of days. That's where I, that's kind of where I get my news, but I don't go to it nearly uh, as much as I used to. I'm much better about it. And I think it's because of those months of no internet and trying to read more books. That's another goal of mine this year. So like I try to have a book around all the time. And instead, if I feel the urge to go to Twitter or something, I'll just grab a book instead. China, my wife, I keep saying China, my wife, because we all know China. People think Everybody the, knows the, China. the country. No, but yeah. he could just be talking about China, the country. And <laughs> well, clearly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, she, uh, she's, she always says like, she goes right back to the internet, like her, she, it, it doesn't really work on her. She, lo she loves, she loves it when she quits it, but then she just goes right back to it. It's like an addiction. Did you, did you see the social dilemma movie? I did. Yeah. China didn't, I should probably make her watch. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts? I mean, you have, you have a little one. I have a little one as well. They're in around the same age and it's coming to that time where they're very interested in the tablet and YouTube and social media and let alone in a few years when they're old enough to have their own social media accounts. How are you kind of handling that? Well, she's so far, I don't think she's old enough yet. She's, she just turned three. Does she have a Twitter account yet or not? No, she does not. <laughs> uh, but she, and she definitely is interested in playing games on the iPad and watching things. We just try to limit screen time. Like we'll just pay attention to how she definitely, these days we can't really go anywhere. We're not, we're not going a lot. We used to love, you know, going out to, should we would take like even just running around a store. Actually, when we, we lived in Austin for a year and a half and um, when China was pregnant, we discovered the joy of mall walking because <laughs> it was really hot, but she had to walk. 
So we just went and walked around. We didn't buy anything. We didn't shop. We just There's walked lots around of people the mall. to see. You just yeah, look yeah. at stuff. Yeah. It was great. And then the other day I was thinking, why don't we mall walk anywhere? Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, so like, we can't even do that right now. So like, so we do, she does probably get more screen time than we would like these days, but we give her a certain amount and then we just make sure she doesn't have more than that the rest of the day. Sometimes that's the iPad. Sometimes that's watching something on watching a movie or something. But that's really it. We're just kind of paying attention to how much screen time she's getting, kind of avoiding that. I don't post pictures of her online at all. Um, yeah, I was going to mention that because I know when she was little, we saw her a few times when a baby and then yeah. uh, you stopped. And I, I knew that was probably a conscious decision not to. Yeah, know. it was definitely like I, I, I always kind of planned as she, after she got a little older to stop posting pictures of her. China occasionally does, I think. I don't ever back. go on Facebook. What's that? Yeah, yeah, like from the back or yeah, like yeah. the hair is covering the face or whatnot. Yeah, I don't really go to Instagram or Facebook anymore. I don't go to Facebook at all except to post my videos. My relationship with social media in those ways is much better. So I don't even know what China's posting. I don't know if she's posting <laughs> uh, uh, our baby or not. I, I don't think I think she's avoiding it, too. So like in that sense, I'm, I'm trying to keep her away from I don't want her to generate a following before she even knows what that is. Right. Uh, and I don't know how I'm going to handle when she gets older. I'm kind of scared of it, frankly. Do you have a exit strategy for your YouTube channel or is it still just an open book for you? Uh, you mean like if I want to stop? Maybe. Do you, do you feel it needs to be rounded out? Does it need to have an ending or is it like, is it like a journal for you where it is just this open thing, which is growing and, and. Yeah, I don't, I don't really feel like it'll ever end. I think like, I think it's just going to slowly morph into different things. Like right, right now, what I'm doing now or some form of what I'm doing now will probably last for a while. I'm still enjoying it. <laughs> so it used to, it used to, I used to think of it as one thing. My channel was Wheezy Waiter was one thing that I had just did repeatedly. Now it's much more about each individual video. Uh, whatever that is, it sort of takes, takes mm -hmm. over my life. And then it's on to the next one. So if I, if I feel like I'm not enjoying it, I just need to come up with better video ideas or more enjoyable video ideas eventually like i actually want to working on taking steps to make movies to do something yeah, I, more long I was, form i was just going to ask you about that because i saw where you posted you wanted to start making one of your resolutions is to make a short film this year yeah and yeah I, I i'm that... already writing one and I, I my another goal is to write five this year so mm -hmm. that i just have a lot in the in the back burner write five make one i'm also working on a screen a full length with a friend of mine who I say I'm working on it, but he's the one writing it. I'm kind of giving him notes and working, collaborating on it, sort of like the producer of it. And eventually I'd like to make that into a full length thing. So like in an ideal world, I make a short film or several and then get develop a relationship in the industry somehow to get funding to make a full length. That's, that's, I mean, that's in a perfect, I have no idea how it'll play out, but I would like to uh, eventually make movies. But even when I do that, I'll probably still make YouTube videos, right. but they might change into documenting the filmmaking process or something. I don't know. Your attitude towards YouTube seems to be similar to a lot of people who've been posting content for a long time is you kind of go through this point where you got, you peak and then maybe your videos aren't doing so well, you change, you do other things, but you eventually get to the point where you're kind of like, it doesn't really matter as much as it used to. I'm not obsessing over the numbers as much as I used to. And once you do that, 
it's very freeing and you could produce like the content that you're doing now, which is, yeah, it's, you know, it's top tier content as far as I'm well, concerned. It's really you. good stuff. I'm, I'm much less worried now. I said this earlier, I'm much less worried about um, like maintaining momentum or something yeah. or like losing an audience because I'm not making, putting out enough stuff. I, I think because I described how I took a month off, made the why do people like haul videos and then another I think another month I took off for the no sugar and it became, it was the most successful thing I ever made. I, I realize now how much more important the actual video is and not necessarily the, the frequency of videos. And being so worried that your audience isn't going to be accepting if you take a, a month off or if you're working on something bigger. Right. right. I'm actually in the middle of a two month break right now, hmm. which is the longest I've ever had. I just, I, I said at the end of the year, I was going to take the first two months to work on other things like the short films, but also to plan the whole year, which I've also never done. So planning, I'm planning out all the videos for the whole year. I have 15 video ideas right now and that I'm sort of shuffling and maybe I'll change a little bit, but um, and I'm taking two months off and I'm not even worried about it. <laughs> old, old Craig would have been very worried about this. Yeah. Do, you, do you get that? We miss the old Craig. We miss old Craig. <laughs> I do get, I get people saying they miss the clones. Yeah. Um, but I've been getting people saying they've missed things since I started. So like, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really affect me as much anymore. Like I, I, if I listened to that, I'd still be doing the very first recurring jokes I've ever done. Like yeah. right now. Have you ever started a video and got, or I'm sure you probably have started a video and then just decided it was going nowhere and just and stopped. But what's like the furthest yes. you ever went with one before deciding, uh Oh, this is not going to work. Uh I can think of two. There might be more that I'm forgetting. Oh, like when I was doing them every day, I would always end up doing something because I had to make a video by the end of the day. So I probably rejected, there probably were days where I rejected an idea early on and then went with something else. I don't remember those. Well, there was one after, after the Vegas shooting, I was going to make a video about shooting, about oh. gun shootings. And I actually shot the whole thing. I think I may have even edited the whole thing. And then I realized like, I didn't put enough time into this. This, If I'm going to do a video about this, it has to, I have to work on this for weeks. I'm not going to- It's like higher just, stakes, yeah. Yeah, so I, did, I didn't do it. I didn't put it up. I think I deleted it eventually. Uh, recently, last year, I had an idea to watch whatever YouTube recommended, like uh, <laughs> just follow a YouTube recommended train of-, of right. uh, See videos. how far down the rabbit hole you go type of yeah. thing? And I started doing it and I realized it wasn't going to be interesting at all. It was just going to be, I was going to end up like probably on a string of one person's videos. Right. It was, it wasn't going to, it wasn't like old YouTube where it would have, could have ended in a really weird, interesting place. I think place. that's what, I think Jack's films did that years ago. He did the whole click yeah. one thing after another. Yeah. I miss old yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that idea was, was after its time. So, so it just didn't really work. I was pretty excited about it too. When I came up with the idea, I thought it was going to be an amazing video, but then I started doing like, Nope, I have to reject this one. And it ended up, and I had a deadline for it too. I had like a week to get a, and a sponsor attached to it and everything. And I, I had to be like, no, I need I have no idea now. I don't remember what the idea was, but which video it was, but I ended up making something. So couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the old YouTube features and we were reminiscing on the annotations and remembering some people did those like choose your own adventure. Did you ever do one of those kind of things? Oh, I did a lot of the choose your own adventure ones. One of my most successful videos for a while was uh, 
doesn't really work now because there's no annotations. None of them work now. <laughs> but, They're all dead. Yeah. I know. Uh, let's see if it's still, it's still up there. Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Sandwich. It's called <laughs> Raiders of the Lost. Sandwich. And man, those things there. were a lot of work to put together. Yeah. I did one of that, those and I did one where I was like, a, I did several, but two of the big ones was that one and um, a castaway on an island by myself and then figure out how to get home. <laughs> um, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Sandwich is at currently at 500,000 views, which for a long time it was at like 300 or 400. It was like the most viewed thing on my channel for a while, but yeah, still there. I don't no, think it works now. But you can't. But like it was. I'm clicking feverishly and it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, because the 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 whole gimmick of it was that it was really hard to find the solution, which mm. was you had to click on my pocket. The sandwich was in my pocket. Oh, right, because uh, you could you, the annotations could be like yeah. a dot, basically, and invisible. So it was like hot yeah. spots on there. I remember. So I think, people would, yeah, people would go through it and they wouldn't find it in my pocket, and they would go back to the beginning, and everyone's like, "There's no solution." Everyone was getting so angry about it, and I never told them. <laughs> the top comments on the video is thank you youtube for ruining videos like this yeah <laughs> the truth. yeah what uh what youtube channels do you watch uh i don't i don't watch a lot actually yeah. lately i still watch occasional vlogbrothers videos because i've been a fan of them and friends yeah. with them for a long time it's again like in i guess the shift has been the same with what i watch as with what i make it's much more about the individual video less about the channel so like I I, I kind of go to recommended more often than I used to. So I'm not really yeah. thinking about it in terms of re coming back to a channel. Uh, I'm trying to watch more short films. I came across a, a channel called Amaletto because I made a video about wanting to make short films and someone told me about that channel and I didn't know that it existed. It's all, it's like award-winning short films. They put them out daily. There's too many to watch. So I've been checking that out occasionally. I tend to come across because I'm doing the recommendeds, because I'm doing a lot of self-improvement stuff and research, tend to keep coming back to the same people like uh, Matt Diavella. Um, or, yeah. yeah, there's a guy, Better Ideas. He does a lot of motivational stuff. Ali Ab Abdal, yep. you, know that, who that, you know that that YouTuber? Yeah, I, yeah. I, like, I like a lot of his stuff. Particularly, I like his, like his content, but I like his editing style too. It's very, mm -hmm. very polished. Do you watch any comedy uh, producers, any of the comedy channels? I know that there's, uh, there's quite a few that I, I've been following lately. I know there's like, there's real popular ones now that, you know, Gus Johnson. Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I, Gus Johnson, I've been subscribed to for a while. I don't, yeah. I don't check in a lot, but, uh, but yeah, he's hilarious. Ryan George, um, one of my favorites lately. Oh yeah. Ryan George. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah, I don't like, I don't watch every video, but I, I will, yeah. I'll, I'll check in every once in a while. Um, hey, I came across him first after the, uh, Game of Thrones. Right. Finale. Screen, screen rant. Yeah. Channel. Yeah. He uh, was kind of holding that channel together. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. I don't actually like, I'll come across that stuff and I'll click on it, but I don't seek out comedy. Right. First. Like I just don't, it's not my first go-to these days. Maybe it's because I tried to write comedy for so long. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I feel like I'm working when I'm watching it. Like I don't, I don't want to think about how, jokes and how I would make a joke if I'm watching it. Ever done any stand up? Never done stand up. It's always scared me. I've always been, people, that's a question I get a lot actually. People think I, I would be good at it, but I don't mm. think so. I think I rely on editing for, for my comedy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe I could. I think it would just take a lot of practice. 
your scripts are, are, are really tight. I mean, some of these amazing puns and well, thank and, you. And of course I, the, the editing, I, even when I first found your channel, I was thinking, how does he edit when you would bring the clones in and you're talking to yourself and it seems so natural. And I, it just kind of amazes me that you could pull all of that together and especially to do that in just a day. Oh, thank you. I think it's, well, it's several things, but like, I think it's like, I, I streamlined the process so much that I could do it multiple times. Like I, I, I try it and then look at it, try again. Like I was able to do things very quickly that way. I'm pretty meticulous when it comes to editing. Like I, I, I uh, and after years of being so meticulous, a lot of things come, just come quicker. Like I just I figured out the quickest way to do a lot of things for myself. I have a an assistant who helps me with a few things. She used to be uh, a fan, or she is a fan, or was a Wheezy Waiter fan a long time ago, and she messaged me about advice, and I gave her about what she should do after school or something. I don't remember the exact advice. I gave her some advice years ago, and then out of the blue, she came back and said she took some advice, and it helped her. She wondered if I if I needed a virtual assistant. I said, yeah, sure, let's try it. <laughs> so now I have, a, she helps me with some stuff, and I just showed her yesterday some of my editing process because I'm seeing if maybe she can help me with some of the editing. And as I was doing it, I was doing hot keys and quick keys that I didn't even realize I was doing. Right. Yeah. I was doing it and I'm like, oh, she doesn't know what I'm doing right now. I have to, I have to explain <laughs> this. And I don't even, and I didn't even know. I had to look at what keys I was pushing to make sure I knew what I was doing because it, it's, I've been doing it for so long. It's just, I don't think about it anymore. How did you survive your attempt at running a marathon. <laughs> now this is on the, the good stuff channel where you've producing content over there also. And I think that, yeah. that you were trying to, the question of it was, can you, how hard is it to run a marathon? I think that was, that was the thing. And, and wasn't it all based upon you misunderstanding actually what a marathon was? Like well, you and said there was a variable yeah. amount of distance. And <laughs> yeah. Like you could do a one kilometer marathon. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I said like, it was basically, I, I showed up, we had an office back then, the good stuff office. I showed up and they're like, we, we think you should run a marathon. I'm like, okay. Yeah, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> Bring it I've on. Been, I've, I've been gung ho about so many things and usually, and this is where I am in my career. It's working. So let's just say yes to stuff. Okay. I'll do a marathon. And then, and then I looked it up. I'm like, what kind of marathon should I do? do, do, do. Oh, that's what a marathon is. <laughs> uh, it's specifically 26.2 miles. Yeah. It's not just an official race. Uh, and, and then I, I was a little intimidated, but then I thought, well, I guess it'll be an interesting video if I, if I could try for it, if I go for it. So that I found, uh, Hal Higdon's professional marathon runner, his plan he gives people, if you're a yeah. novice, if you're a pro, whatever, took the, the, the easiest route. And you basically have to start at three miles, three times a week, and then a longer run on the weekend. And I, uh, I hadn't run three miles at one time, maybe since high school or ever, I don't know. <laughs> and first one I did, it was pretty hard. And then it just gradually got easier and easier. I just had to force myself to do it. And now I'm addicted to running Yeah. these days. I still run to this day. Yeah. I, I, wow. As a guy who I've run two marathons, it's, it was the most painful thing 
ever. I mean, you can't, you, it's hard to describe what that's like to people who haven't done it. I mean, yeah, 26.2 miles sounds like, a, of course, anybody think that's a long distance. But when you're actually there, when you get to about 20 miles, there's like this 20 mile wall that people hit. And yeah. it's like, holy crap. <laughs> well, I didn't even get, I didn't even have that. I was, I was in pain way earlier than that yeah. because I didn't, uh, I didn't train as fully as I should have because I, my knee started hurting after I got up to like running 12 miles on a regular basis. Uh, my knee started hurting a little bit. So I was unable to run the longer runs for training. And then I had a wedding. Right. And so I was a little distracted by that. At least that's the excuse I give. So then when I did the actual marathon, I got to about mile 11 and my IT bands, my iliotibial bands oh, yeah. on both legs were starting to kill me. So like my knees were killing me and I just suffered running and kind of walking until like mile, I don't know, 18 or so. And then basically walked the rest of it as fast as I could. You completed it. I completed it. it. I completed it barely like before they were shutting it down. I, I, I think it was like five hours yeah. or more. Um, but I want to do it again. I want to do it in under four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I think I, I'm in a better place now because I'm training. I'm, I'm working out of- in other ways. You have like, to I'm, really not, I'm not just you. running. Yeah, you got to really dedicate yeah. yourself to it. I it took, yeah. you know, after running those two marathons in 2019, I kind of like checked it off my list. And then I switched to a lot of what you're doing there where the strength training and I started um, lifting a, a lot more. And yeah. so that's kind of where my focus is now. And, and, you know, a marathon is a long a lot to put your body through <laughs> and it, yeah. any kind of distance running is uh, yeah there's a lot more technique than people think you know it's not just like hey i'm just going to go out and run You're like, yeah. yeah well yeah you have to and you have to work up to it you have to yeah. like really uh get your body ready well you don't have to but, but <laughs> there's, there's no law saying you have to <laughs> judging by that video yeah you looked like you were just in so much pain at the end of that video oh yeah yeah, I was, but I'm, I'm glad I was, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to finish because I was, it was just in too much pain. And then China actually walked the last six miles with me. Yeah. It was nice. <laughs> uh, I was limping by the end and then, and then I didn't walk for like a week or I couldn't. No, God, no, it's yeah. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, next time though, next time I'm going to, going to train properly. I mean, I was, it was, I was kind of gearing up to do it maybe this year or 2020, but mm-hmm. no, for some yeah, reason no, that didn't happen. Yeah, there's no yeah. no races. Yeah. I uh, I feel like now I'm in a much better place health wise in general, so I think I can do it. Yeah. Well, Craig, it's always a joy to see your videos. Whenever a new video comes out, see now it's like an event when you have an ev- a video rather than because yeah, I don't put them out. So as much often. anticipation. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's the topics always are interesting to see what that title and think. Oh, now I've got to watch this thing because it's really I want to know. You know what? Well. I, I want to read. The vegan, I want to read the vegan comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't happen on every video. No, no. Do you do you read all your comments? I don't. Not anymore. Like mm-hmm. actually, in the past like year or two, I I think I I, I try to keep my distance a little bit because yeah. I get more negative comments now than I used to because oh, I sure. it's a it's a more general audience. It's less just for subscribers. So yeah. so there'll be 
people who just happen upon one video more often. They don't, yeah, they don't know. You see, yeah, yeah, the, the outsiders come when, whenever we have a video <laughs> that trends or something and you get all those outsiders and they don't know you and they don't know the context and you're like, they don't like this and they yeah. don't like that. So unfortunately that has led to me checking the comments less. And, and when I do check them, like more quickly uh, graze the, or uh, browse them because I'll be like, well, okay, that one seems kind of negative. I don't want to, I don't want to read that. <laughs> Cause like it will just bring me down for no reason, you know. Yeah. I don't want to end on a negative note though. I still get great comments <laughs> and like very and it, it and they fill me with joy. But I just try I just try to keep my distance a little bit. Yeah, I, I think we all probably go through that. <laughs> we just gotta, <laughs> gotta pull yeah. back a little bit. Well, again, thank you for being on our podcast. We really enjoyed having you and maybe we can have you on here again sometime. That would be awesome. And I'm going to keep watching every single video you have because they've always brought so much joy to my life and my family. Actually, we all watch your videos. So it's, oh, a, wow. it's kind of a family thing. Well, and I think you've inspired a lot of people with what you do. Well, thank you. And I would, I'd love to interview you about gory horror movies. Oh, well. you, you know it. I'm, I'm all over that. <laughs> all right. Okay. Thanks, Greg. And thanks for everybody. We'll uh, see you next time.